working on some technical issues over on our end here. Uh, I feel like I'm hearing my own voice sort of sounding like a little bit of a robot. So if you are hearing the same thing, Chen Nation, uh, bear with me. And please bear with me for this next conversation because I think this is something really important and fascinating if you are someone who considers yourself a night owl. So it's not good news. We're going to find out what you can do about it. But brace yourself. Night owls may have unhealthy habits that could lead to early death. We're going to find out exactly what this means and what you can do to sort of circumnavigate this with our next guest, who's an associate professor and clinician and scientist in the Department of Pediatrics at the University of Alberta. She's currently a pediatric respirologist, a sleep medicine specialist, and the medical director for the Pediatric Sleep Laboratory at the Stollery Children's Hospital. Hospital, Excuse me. Wow, what a title. I knew I wouldn't be able to get through all of that without stuttering just a little bit. Dr. Joanna McLean is joining us. Dr. McLean, thanks so much for making the time. Thanks for having me. So certainly an expert in this area, which I think is fascinating. Night owls may have increased risk of disease and early death. What does this do to? Is this just lack of sleep overall, Dr. McLean? So the study that came out this week um, looked at people who identified themselves as evening types. So these are people who tend to like to be more active in the evening as opposed to the mornings. And it did sound a slight increase in all-cause mortality within this group. But uh, when they looked at things a little bit more closely, it seemed to be that that increased risk of death was associated with smoking um, and alcohol intake. So it, it does suggest that people who have that evening type may be more likely to die a little bit earlier, but it does seem like there are some things that people can do about it. Okay, so there is some more than to this study. It's not just about your sleep habits contributing to maybe an unhealthy life. It's the fact that likely if you were someone who stays up late, you might have adopted some of these other unhealthy habits. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes, that seems to be the case from the study. So when we go back to sleep, though, and I want to focus on that, given your area of expertise, let's talk about that a little bit. I, I, I thought that, you know, some people are just sort of wired a certain way and some people are just designed to stay up later than others. But I know we do have a circadian rhythm. So are those people that are staying up late, are they just rejecting their natural state of being? Uh, it's more that we're all wired a little bit differently. And back when we were outside all the time, it was helpful to have people that were more likely to be awake and alert at nighttime and to protect the other people who were sleeping and vice versa. So I think that there's a reason why we have these differences where some of us prefer to be up in the morning and some of us prefer to be up late. So that's something that's kind of hardwired, part of our genetics that we can't change. Um, unfortunately, the way our society works, most people um, are looking at needing to be awake between 9 and 5. So it's during the day where most of our jobs happen. And that means that people who tend to stay up later, who have that tendency to be evening types, um, they can sometimes find it challenging to get enough sleep. And so that's where I think your question about getting enough sleep is really important because if you are somebody who does tend to stay up later but still need to get up early to get to work or other commitments and it may be difficult to get enough sleep um, overnight and we do know that not getting enough sleep is really important for our health outcomes. Uh, speak to that a little bit because I think you know we we hear this and we don't often take it seriously or we just sort of we create our schedules or our lives to a certain extent where they're so busy that sleep just becomes something that we compromise on time and time again. I'm certainly speaking from my own experience here, but is there an ideal amount of sleep that we should all be trying to aim towards? 
little bit um, different for everybody. So some people need a little bit more sleep and some people need a little bit less sleep. But the recommendation for adults is that we should be aiming to get on average seven hours a night. And ideally that's a regular pattern as opposed to sleeping four hours and then trying to catch up um, with that sleep loss on another night. So going to bed at the same time roughly and waking up as close to the same time every day as you can. Yeah, absolutely. That's the best pattern in terms of making sure we're getting sufficient sleep. What about timing? I mean, should we be timing it to the time of year and kind of following the sun as much as we can? Or is it more about just getting that same consistency regardless of time? good question because it used to be that we really did sleep when the sun went down whereas now we have lights and lots of other things that provide um, uh, light sources that can impact our ability to sleep um, and can make it difficult especially in northern areas where it's uh, light for a lot later um, at this time of year Uh, so I think it's really figuring out how to make sure you're maintaining a, a good amount healthy amount of sleep despite Uh, the light exposures. Uh, The light exposures are going to make it difficult um, for our brain to get the signals to fall asleep. So that may mean closing curtains if you have to go to sleep when when it's still light outside. But maintaining that sleep schedule um, in terms of getting enough at those times where there is a lot of light is important. We are, so many of us, so busy and so just tapped to the max when it comes to the way that we schedule our lives. I know there are going to be people that are hearing this and kind of rolling their eyes and saying, yeah, in a perfect world, I would be trying to prioritize sleep, but it's just not something that makes a lot of sense or works for my lifestyle. Why is this something to take so seriously, Dr. McLean? What are the stakes here if you're really, if you're underslept chronically for a long time? Sleep can have a big pack impact on uh, a lot of aspects of our life, including our health. So people who struggle with maintaining a healthy weight, improving your sleep schedule can help you regulate your appetite, um, decrease cravings, uh, and help with weight control. Uh, Being alert during the day helps our productivity so we can be more efficient at our work and get the same amount of work done in a smaller amount of time if we're well rested. And we do see increasing evidence that getting insufficient sleep is associated with um, cancer when we adjust for all other risk factors. Um, Cardiovascular disease, so heart attacks, high blood pressure is also associated with short sleep. And is that for prolonged um, time spans for for lack of sleep or is that, you know, a, a, a short night here and a short night there will still be detrimental? Yeah, it's a great question. We we really look at it over an extended period of time. So there's always going to be times where we can't get the sleep that we need, um, whether that be family, school pressures, illness, those kinds of things. So it's really about trying to maintain that regular sleep schedule and getting sufficient sleep on more, more nights than not. What about people that claim that they can function on four hours of sleep and just sort of maintain that, that lifestyle? Are they just lying? I, I would say they're probably sleep deprived and not really uh, functioning at their optimal level. I, I can attest to when I went through my medical training and was working 28 hours um, uh, shifts, 
it was difficult to get enough sleep mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how sleep deprived I was until I got to the point where I was getting a good amount of sleep. Uh, a lot of times we think we're doing well on very little sleep over extended periods of time, but we actually realize how much better we could be doing when we are paying attention and getting enough sleep. How long does it take to bounce back from a prolonged period of lack of sleep? Um, and I, uh, sort of an exact time. We know that from data looking at uh, when we're switching time zones, so we're in, say, we're flying to um, the United Kingdom, and there's a, a, a big time difference there. Um, so we estimated that it takes about one day for every hour of time change before we're kind of our bodies are back on um, the the sleep schedule um, in our new time zone. Mm. Uh, So we would think about, you know, if we have one bad night um, of sleep, it might take us the number of days to adjust that we were sleep deprived. So if we usually get eight and we got four hours, it might take us four days to adjust. Mm. You know, in going back to the initial study, this 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 shocking headline that night owls may have unhealthy habits that lead to early death. I mean, I think it's meant to be shocking for some people. But, you know, you talk about the correlation between someone who typically stays up late and the unhealthy habits that they might adopt. It seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, if it's that it's just sort of a, an endless cycle, right? Because if you're underslept, you're likely going to be attracted to more unhealthy foods and your body's not going to be in a state that maybe you can uh, function or exercise well. Or, or be able to, um, to to process those those type of things. Can you talk about eating habits and food and how that? Or, sorry, sorry, eating habits and sleep and how those might correlate. I think there's some great data that show when we're sleep deprived, we don't make good choices, and that includes food choices. So we tend to crave carbohydrates more when we're sleep deprived, um, and even if we keep diet. Um, exactly the same. So if we have uh, days where we have the exact same diet, but one day we're sleep deprived, we burn less calories. And so we um, are kind of, we're off in the energy balance. So we're taking in more calories than we really need. So that can promote weight gain. What are some healthy patterns that you think someone could easily adopt if they are a night owl or if they're not sleeping enough? With like with most things that are related to health, even making small changes can can have an impact on your overall um, health and how you're doing. Uh, so those people that have gotten used to a very short sleep schedule, even increasing it by 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour to try and get a bit more sleep, that's gonna reduce your risks. Uh, um, having a regular sleep schedule tends to make it easier. There, For some people, that's not possible if they're, if, for instance, doing shift work. So at least having a regular routine around sleep in terms of these are the things that help me settle down and go to sleep. I turn off my devices, um, maybe I read, I do some quiet activity, and then I'm able to get into sleep. So building those habits that are helpful in terms of getting sufficient sleep is really important, even if just small changes to start with. Dr. McLean, uh, you are an endless well of information and resources when it comes to this. Thank you so much for fielding so many questions and for making the time this afternoon. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. That's Dr. Joanna McLean, Associate Professor and Clinician Scientist in the Department of Pediatrics at the University of Alberta. Uh, As mentioned, she's currently a pediatric respirologist, a sleep medicine specialist, and the medical director for the Pediatric Sleep Lab at the Stollery Children's Hospital.